If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. Please believe that. That's why our friends of Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor license in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that your treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. You know, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, everyone out there. It's Tuesday. It's Playoff Push Tuesday, from what I'm told. This is Jason Jones. <laughs> and this is Kenny Carraway. And Jason, before we get started, and before we get out of February, um, we have to acknowledge Black History Month. Um, I don't think we've done it all, all, all month. We've got to acknowledge it. And today... In Black History, I know you've seen this. This is an important day. Um, as that boy Fonte, you know, said on Twitter, today in Black History, we celebrate the unparalleled athleticism of Nino Brown and mm-hmm. G Money, the first duo to play a full game of 21 in Slacks and Stacey Adams. What a day in Black that History. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yes. You know, just, <laughs> if you lost to them that day, I mean, you I mean, but then again, that was Nino and G Money. You probably knew yeah. if you if you won, I'm, there might I'm be losing. Other repre- yeah, I'm I'm going to take that L. It's kind of like if I had played spades with Suge Knight, I'd be like, <laughs> you 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 reneged. No, I didn't. Okay, you didn't. All right, did you just cut my spade with? Did you just cut my spade with a heart? Uh, okay, all right. Got you. Yeah, all right, yeah. cool. You see, like Suge, you can't cut a club with a, with a with a diamond. Yes, I can. All right, I guess you can. Go yeah, for it, there Shug. You go. go for you, it, Shug. You're absolutely right, Shug. Absolutely I, right. In our game of spades, Shug, your red cards are like spades as well. So I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and let you run a Boston on me right now because yeah, I can't win. Yeah, if I'm if I'm playing against uh G Money and, and Nino, um, I don't care if they're wearing uh Jordans or Stacey Adams, I'm turning the ball over every time. Um yeah, I'm yeah, I'm playing how I normally play, so I'm gonna lose. <laughs> But uh, Jason, you mentioned it at the top of the show. Yeah, we got to talk about talk about playoff push, baby. Playoff push here. No, no Jim Mora. No Jim Mora. No Jim Mora. Still in still in play. <laughs> no Jim Mora. He's still in play. He's still in play. Jim Mora. I, I still got him over here on my shoulder. He's still in play right now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, th- look. I want to start this off by saying. I think I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think the the task is a little too daunting at this time, um, and they the level of borderline perfection that they're going to need to pull this off. I just think is a little too much to ask. As well as they're playing, they're still not healthy. They're still missing some key players, and um, yeah, I think that's asking a lot. But we're here, though, man. We're here. It's February twenty fifth, and and we legit have some things to talk about when it comes to the playoffs. And who would have thought that a month ago, right? This this team was we, – we were. I said I was looking at NBADraft.net on the daily a month ago. You know I'm what I'm saying? I'm still checking it out. I'm still checking out my draft stuff. This is true, but they're not – even if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think 
this team, the way they're constituted, the way they're playing under Luke Walton, and you know, you got your Bazemores and your Harry Giles and things of that nature. I don't think this team falls into like, um, you know, top five in the draft. You know what I'm saying? No, like, I don't think no. they get to that point. I think they're in the back end of the middle to the back end of the lottery. And that's, like I said, that's something I didn't think we would be talking about a month ago. I thought they were going down, down, down. And see, and that, that's the reason why I say I have no problem with them trying to win as many games as possible because they're not going to uh, develop young. I mean, tank. Well, no, develop young talent <laughs> well enough to to you know you're you're not going to fall back to the Warriors. You're not going to fall back to Atlanta or the Knicks or. You know, there's no, there's nothing to be gained right now by not trying to win games. So go out there and you know win. I think, I think they'll benefit more from finishing strong, no matter what the result, than just kind of going out there, rolling the ball out there, and seeing what happens. And plus, really at this point with the, with the age of this team, who are you quote unquote developing? Right. Just go out there and play. I mean, the only way to develop now is to play games, play thirty plus minutes, and win. I, mean, you know. De- yeah. You know, this De- De'Aaron's not 19 years old, and even if Marvin were healthy, this would not be the time to be like, okay, let's make sure we get Marvin 40 minutes no matter what, even if he's playing bad. Right. Yeah, and so when you talk about, you know, the eighth seed and everything that's going on, right now the Kings are 13th in the Western Conference, and, you know, people are like, yeah, they're such and such away from Memphis, but they got five, four or five teams to leap over. This is the way I look at it. Yes, there is Phoenix, San Antonio, New Orleans, and Portland in front of them. But I, I'm I'm a guy that, you know, when I look at these standings, I take a look at the loss column. And when you look at the loss column, they're there with all those teams. Kings got 33 losses. Phoenix, actually, ahead of them, has 34 losses. And San Antonio, the Pelicans, and the Blazers all have 32 losses. So you're so you're there. I know it's a, a you know, it's a lot to be like, oh, you gotta leap over all these teams, but It'd be different if the Kings were at 33 losses and they were at 29 like Memphis. Like, that's a lot to make up. Being relatively like a game away in the loss column, you're there. The other thing about this, they have a lot of games left. As I countered earlier, what are we looking at? Six games left with Memphis, New Orleans, San Antonio, Portland. They got two with New Orleans, two with San Antonio, one with Memphis this week, one with Portland in a couple weeks. That's not like... This is where I talk about you got to be almost perfect. Like out of those six games, you probably got to go like five and one, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like five and one against these guys that you are closely competing with for that eighth spot. But I mean, they're there. They're there. Memphis, Memphis to me, Memphis is done. Memphis is finished. Combined with like the fact that they're sliding right now and their upcoming schedule, hey, I don't think that I don't think Memphis is going to be in the eighth spot in a week and a half. Like, I, I think they're finished. So now you're competing with your Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, and you're right there. You just got to win these games, man. Yeah, and I, I, I look at it and I say, okay, even if that happens, uh, the Kings still aren't healthy. Yeah, I think if Portland gets Damian Lillard back relatively soon, they're clearly better, I think. Because mm. you, you got an all-star. If you New Orleans, I, don't know, I don't know what to make of New Orleans because they're so young, but – Drew Holiday, the former All Star. Mm-hmm. You got you got some vets out there. You got an All Star on the team, a, new, a first time in Ingram. So then Zion has been. I think I don't think anyone thought he'd be this good after missing so much time. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, that's I, he's like, been amazing. That's like uh, you know picking up a free agent or picking, you know like that's like you know I don't know how you, what you can even compare it to you know that's a hell of a pickup to get right before the All Star break. So I think if all else, I think if they're healthy right now, I think they're better than mm-hmm. San Antonio. As I always say, I won't kill them until they're, I won't believe they're dead until I see them buried. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I can't, you know, there's, there's something about them. I just, I can see the Kings easily going out there and losing to them by 30 just because they're, the Spurs are weird like that. Right. You know, yeah. the Spur, you know, and then Phoenix, to me, Phoenix is still a wild card just because if book gets going, he he's the type of guy who can put up a you know a string of 30 40 point games in a row and then boom all of a sudden they're in the mix so it's really and you're, down you're, to can they can they get what can they get from their backcourt and to generate something yeah it also 
looking at the the whole thing, and like I said, they got a game today against the Warriors. They got to win. Period. You know what I mean? Like we we talk we talking down the road or whatever. You got a game tonight. You got to win these games that are in front of you. And I'm not sitting here saying because we've fallen into that trap a couple times, or Kings fans have about they should beat this team or whatever the case may be. So we know how volatile that type of situation can be with this Kings team. But you got those six games that I mentioned against the teams that are, you know, in front of you or right next to you. Got to go 5-1. and one. Then, looking at the rest of the schedule, they got games that they just cannot lose. And luckily for them, they have some gimme, you know, I'm careful with my words right now. I don't want to say gimmies, but mm-hmm. games that you got to win. So you got, you got two with Golden State, two with Cleveland, who did my boy Beeline so wrong? So I'm so upset with Cleveland. Thug and um, life. <laughs> that's slug life, slug, okay? Slug. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got one with Washington, Atlanta, Minnesota. I didn't even mention Detroit, you know. And I mean, these are games that you, if you want to have any semblance of hope, that's another, uh, doing my math right here, seven games. I mean, five and two, six and one in those games. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's that ultimately that's why I don't think they'll be able to do it because the margin for error is non-existent. Like they have to do everything they're supposed to do just to have an opportunity. And that's not even mentioning if New Orleans catches fire, like you talked about Portland um, getting Dame back and playing like it's just it's a razor thin margin. And I think it'll be a little too much. But, you know, I'm just happy to see them playing better basketball and playing cohesive as a unit right now. It's, it's it's looking good. It's looking good. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much they can't control, so you got to control what they can't control. I'm assuming that of all those games you mentioned, they're going to lose one or two of them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland just beat Miami. So, <laughs> so what the hell was that about? So, I mean, I would not be stunned if, say, at the end of that four-game trip in March – third game in four nights, I would not be shocked if they lost at Cleveland. Mm. Just wouldn't be, it w- I mean, not to say I'm not, you know, going out on the limb and predicting that now, but it wouldn't shock me. Third game in four nights, last game of a trip. You go from Houston to Orlando to New Orleans. Mm. Then you then you have to go up to Cleveland. I could, see, yeah. I, could, I could see a game like that, you know, and plus this team has shown you know, right now they're 12 and 15 at home, so they don't, they haven't had a great home court advantage this year. You know, and who's got to say that next week Bradley Bill doesn't walk into the building and drop 50? Right. I mean, Bradley ain't going to be in a good mood. Not at all. (laughs) So that boy boy be looking so sad on the bench, man, after he dropped 50 and he's still struggling as a team. It's like Kobe back in 07. I'm like, I'm going to be here getting (laughs) 50-some points, and I'm out here dragging these guys with me, yo. Yeah, so I mean – I mean, to me, there are some games that they're gonna they're gonna drop just because just you know what does Charles Brook come the built in losses those mm-hmm. three and four the end of those that sometimes that first game after a road trip sometimes that first game of a, a you know cross country and then this, the the Kings is uh, the injury factor if they mm-hmm. lose one more guy I don't know what they're gonna do yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I might suit up I might I yeah. might be on a ten day. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just so much going on. But to me, it's not even about the playoffs. I mean, I guess it is, but it's to me, it's not. For me, can you play consistent ball the rest of the year? If you do that and you play above 500 the rest of the year, you're now looking at going from the end of January all the way to April playing pretty solid ball without your full team. And you, mm. to me, you can build on that going the next year. Right. That's, some, that's a positive thing, given the injuries and the uncertainty and – Marvin not playing and De'Aaron missing almost 20 games this year. To me, yeah. that's a good thing. And I know, you know, and I, and I think, I, just, I think even without the playoffs, I think the Kings are in a good spot right now. I just yeah. think in terms of where they, you know, where they're headed, I don't think they're that far off of where they would be anyway if they if they didn't have the injuries. So I, I think they're, I think they're, I think they're fine. I yeah. mean, I think they're going to be okay. I, you know, I know the panic is and. I think I even mentioned it to you on Sunday. Being in LA and listening to people people who aren't in Sacramento talk about the Kings, the view of the Kings outside of Sacramento is completely different than in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> in Sacramento, it's like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And part of that is you've got 14 years of this built right. up. 
But you get out of Sacramento, people go, you know what? That's a good young team over there. They had some injuries. They've had some struggles this year. They changed coaches. But it's not all doom and gloom over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In Sacramento, it's like, oh, my God, we're the New York Knicks. And, <laughs> you know, we're just the laughing stock. Everybody like, else is are. doing the it's rebuild really. right. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, always you swear that, they yeah. did it right. Look at what Memphis did. Memphis might be next year's Kings. Right. They might be that team that finishes ninth or tenth, and then all they take a step back. Right. Because until until this Jackson injury, everything had gone right for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, hey, I mean, it's like you know, calm down, people. Let's see, you know, get by the Warriors. See, can you beat the Warriors first? Because this is a yes. different Warriors team they're playing. And not that it's not that it's necessarily better, but the personnel is different. Mm-hmm. So let's just they, see what they do. And and to your point about, you know, everybody else around the country um, looking at the Kings situation a little different than they do in Sacramento. Um, we're not asking everybody to look at it like Reggie Miller. OK, let's let's not uh, <laughs> it's not you don't have to look at it in those kind of rose colored glasses. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I saw something the other day because, like I said, I deal with losses. And I think the way the schedule was last year with the all star break, they had played more games. Or something like that. But I looked at, you know, what was going on last year. And I think the Kings um, are about, I wish I should have done my research before the show again. But I saw it the other day. And they're like three or four games worse than they were last year at around this time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as, and, and we've talked about it numerous times, a lot went right last year as far as injuries and close games and all this other stuff. And this year it seems like everything has gone wrong with the things that they can't control as far as injuries and things of that nature. And, you know, they're they're not far off of where they were last year and where a lot of people would expect them to be if you laid out everything that had happened, you know, this season. If you had laid it out before the season, they'd probably say, yeah, it'd probably be about right here where they are. So Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah I, I, I had them being a team that would be in the mix for, the, for a playoff spot, you know, and – it you no, know, obviously it didn't work that way. But if I'm just I'm just actually going through right now. How many games have they played this year? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Let me do my math. It wasn't always yeah, I mean, the best me, thing. Twenty three and thirty three, so that's fifty six games. Uh, through fifty six games last year, they were thirty and twenty six. Hmm. Seven and, games and they, better in the loss column. Yeah, we're all together. Then they, so. then they proceeded to go from there. They only won nine more games the rest of the year. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, and I February, think this team will Febu- win more than nine games on to February, end the season this year. On February 10th, they were <laughs> they they had beaten the Phoenix Suns to go to 30-26. and 26. They mm. lost at Denver they, 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 at, before the break to go to 30-27. and 27. Then out of the break came the uh, now infamous, you know, Golden State what are you doing? Jaeger yells at Buddy game. Mm. And never they forget. Just, <laughs> and they just never, they never, you know, they never really recovered, you know, they yeah. lose an oath, you know, and then they, they got, they stayed above 500 for a little bit. And then they, they go below 500 at 33 and 34. Wow. And they just, they never got it back. I remember the, the turning point, last year to me that kind of ended the season was that Milwaukee game that uh, at home where, you know, it was a great game. Marvin got hurt that game and they, I forgot exactly. They somehow got it to overtime and then George Hill and all these guys didn't, was George Hill on the team at that point? No, it was, uh, it was uh, Brogdon. Brogdon who didn't miss. Brogdon like <laughs> made like three threes in overtime. Giannis didn't even play like in the second half of that game. I remember and uh, yeah, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back last yeah. year. I thought. Yeah, Nikola Mirotic had twenty one in that game. Yeah, I think Bledsoe had a good game. I just yeah, remember Bledsoe, Brogdon was like Bledsoe eats them. Bledsoe eats against the Kings. Yeah, he's the he's the Eastern Conference version of KCP <laughs> against the Kings. Or he's a, he's he's the upgraded Ish Smith. <laughs> Ish Smith, King, the King. I always said the King, the King should sign Ish Smith just so he he can't eat them alive like he was doing. I remember Demarcus really liked Ish Smith. He's like that kid can play. Yeah, because he always played well against the Kings. But don't you can't <laughs> fall into that because Dwayne Detman did the same thing. Oh jeez, yeah. Let me. See. Uh, I shouldn't be bringing up old shit. My bad. <laughs> 
So, I'm just um, saying, you know. Yeah. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to tell you more about the great things going on at The Athletic. The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there, covering every major team in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. The site is great. You can do things like customize and choose the teams and leagues you want to follow, so it becomes your own personal sports page. That includes setting it to follow the Sacramento Kings for things that I write, such as uh, last a couple of weeks ago, our story about giving you insight into the Kings and their situation with myself, uh, Amick, and Shams. Simply put, we have the best sports newsroom on the planet. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash throne room breakdown to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. What are you waiting for? That's theathletic.com slash throne room breakdown to save 40%. You don't want to miss this from your favorite Kings uh, beat writer who's also from LA. So (laughs) come on, y'all. Sign on up. Get the great coverage of not just the Kings, but the entire league and every sport you can imagine. Now, part of this uh, resurgence here with the Kings, and I hear a lot of people talk about why you're getting so excited about the Kings. It's just two games. It's actually the last 12 games, eight and four in their last 12. Ever since the Chicago game, they came out with a sense of urgency and, um, you know, have played much, much better basketball. It's, they're passing the eye test. And, Jason, you mentioned it on the post-82. Um, one of the big moments that it was a, a energy shift, you know, in this whole team and, and maybe this whole season was a big play in Chicago by none other than Harry Giles on the defensive end. Big block of, I think it was Chris Dunn that went up for a dunk. No, I think it was Shaq, Shaq Harris or... One of those guys. One of those... I, 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 I know I've messed up his last name. I know it was Shaquille. It yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't Shaquille O'Neal, but yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not even Sharif O'Neal either. Yeah, but um, yeah, big play by Harry Giles, and he has been part of this whole renaissance since that block shot. I feel you know it was it was a seminal moment, seminal, seminal, it was a seminal. big moment, seminal. <laughs> it was a big moment in this it turnaround. Was a big de- it was a big deal. Yes, yes, and. <laughs> You know, that's jump-started the Kings. It's jump-started his play. Um, he's playing great. And in the back of my mind, I can't help but think they didn't pick up the option and he may not be here next year. And I, I can't get that out of my head right now. How real is the possibility that you talked about it on the uh, on the, on the the Post 82, on, on Sports Sunday that we were on on Sunday, that here he's just out there auditioning for the rest of the league right now. Yeah, I mean, the Kings played themselves on this one. I mean, no other way to put it. They were going to teach Harry a lesson, so to speak, and it might come back that Harry's going to teach them the lesson that you bet against me. Now look at me. No, look at me now. You know, you know, do you know? Can play him a little Chris Brown and do him a little dance. <laughs> you know, it's just. It, 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 I know. I just know from talking to people around the league, it was one of the more baffling decisions because people figured. You invested. You invested one whole year in getting him healthy. Mm. You know, you mm. might want to just kind of see this thing through because right. you think about it, they would have they would have had Harry under contractual control at least for two more years. Right. You would have had wow. him next year, and then you could have just then you could have tendered him with a qualifying offer, mm-hmm. and then you know then you play that game from there. So, it, to me, the decision to not pick up the option was essentially saying we don't believe in you. Mm. And how many times did you see a team decline a guy's option and that guy says, I'm going to go ahead and stay here? Not often, if ever. <laughs> if, he has, if he has one other, you know, if he has one other option, he's going to really go back to the team that just told him, I don't believe in you. Right. And really, think it comes out with Harry. Harry needed to play. Harry hadn't played. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I you know, and I admit, I, I, I was asking people before, I was like, what made him you no know, so highly recruited? Because I said I haven't had a chance to see it. I've only seen the post injury Harry. People mm. sent me some clips like you go look at this deal when he was fourteen, fifteen. I'm like, but he ain't fifteen no more. Right. You know, I got to see something now, and now you're seeing it, and that- it's just, and it's just. I think it's going to be an unfortunate thing for the Kings if they he walks for nothing. That um, you talk about you know pre injury Harry. I'm one of those people where. 
some of the things that he was able to do before he got hurt when he was in high school, I say all the time, I'm really critical of like, because everybody's got a mixtape nowadays, you know what I mean? And there isn't a lot of, um, you know, you get these AU things. There's not a lot of good defense, hard-nosed defense being played or whatever. So I'm real critical of like highlights of high schoolers nowadays. nowadays. But the things that I saw from him in high school were some of the best highlights I've ever seen in, in my life from a high school player. Like the things he was doing at that size, unbelievable. And I was one of the guys that was, in, I was enticed by that. I was like, yo, I know he's never going to be this Harry Giles again, but just hold on to him. Let him play because if he can get to 70% of that, you got a pretty good NBA player. You know what I'm saying? And he'll never be what he was in that respect. Um, but, yeah, I I just don't understand why you wouldn't, like you said, see this thing all the way through. I don't – I just – don't understand that. And like you said, like DJ Khaled said, congratulations. You played yourself because the man is playing great basketball right now. And it's looked like he's learning um, everything that he, they wanted him to learn defensively, offensively, you know, getting a feel for the league. He's learning it and he's flourishing. And yeah, that that's something that's something that's that's going to sting, I think, for the Kings. Yeah, it's like it's not like he's putting up twenty and ten every night, but you see, you see, you see the improvement. I mean, just it's just a couple of weeks ago, you couldn't play him late in games because of his defense, and he's figured that out just that quick. So I think you know, considering we don't know when Rashawn's going to be back or Marvin, he's going to get a real chance to kind of show what he can do, and because you know, right now, he's the starting center and. The Kings don't have another actual center outside of Alex Lynn. I mean, they've used Belly there, but Alex Lynn's the only other center. Unless they want to you know, go super small like they've done before and use Harrison Barnes as a center. Well, that's, which was more, that's not what I would That's not what I want. I, no, no. Yeah, yeah which, is <laughs> no. More, which is more only ideal in situations like, you know, they, Houston. Did, it in, they did it in Milwaukee <laughs> because they were trying to get Brooke Lopez out the game. Right. And it yeah. actually worked because they had to take Brooke out because he couldn't, you know, Brooke ain't going to guard nobody in the paint, you know, in the mm-hmm. perimeter, but they couldn't get, they, they needed to get the rim protector out. Yeah. So while we, you know, well, while I, you know, am sad about Harry, they do have an opportunity to, um, you know, possibly bring back a guy that has also been instrumental in this whole renaissance, Kent Bazemore. I have loved me some Kent Bazemore. You guys know throughout this whole season, and even now, you know, still asking for Shump. Still love me some Shump. And he's not completely Shump. Actually, I think he probably is a little more productive on the court than Shump was towards, the, you know, the end of his uh, tenure with the Kings. But he's not, you know, super rah-rah like that. But there's a level of energy that Kent Bazemore has brought to this team. And it's it's starting to show on the court with his production. He's played really well on the court. But I take it back to something that you wrote about that was, I think it was instrumental for the psyche of this team when him and Anthony Tolliver came back and he talked to these guys and they they really seemed down in the dumps. Like they really were seemed down on themselves, lost, didn't believe in themselves. And, and Baysmore and these guys come in and they say, look, you guys are – you know, they almost gave that national perspective. You know what I mean? It seemed like they had been beaten down by the energy of what was going on in Sacramento. And these guys came from the outside and said, hey, you guys aren't that far away, man. You guys are are not as bad as maybe it seems right now. Just got to do a couple things here and there. And they've talked to the talk. You know what I mean? They've talked to the talk and walked the walk. And Bazemore is has been a godsend for this team. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that talk back in Chicago was interesting because I you know I've written about it and I've talked to the guys about it. Um, a lot of it was if it, people forget the first game those two guys came to the Kings. It was against it was at Detroit, and that was, that was they nasty. Looked, they they looked awful. I mean, Reggie Jackson got off his got a, got off his uh, hospital bed essentially, <laughs> hadn't played since October, and just coming there, he's going cooking them, going to the you know pick and roll all day. Derrick Rose eating. Yeah. Somebody else, Christian Wood eating. Everyone, Jesus. everyone eats. Everyone eats to get. Everybody's got to eat. Paid in full style. Everybody yeah, eats. Every, yeah, everybody everybody eats. eats. You know. So I'm. You're watching it, and I noticed it was that uh, that night Tolliver and Bays are talking, 
And, you know, I'm eavesdropping a little, you know, because, hey, you can't help but overhear what's going on. They're saying, hey, on that one, we just got to, you know, on that pick and roll, we got to adjust like this. Or on that one, we just got to be a little more to the left on that when we see that. And it's like they're just, you know, for the next day, you know, like I said, this team is pretty dead. At that point, you've lost 15 of 18. Mm, and they're And they're just saying, you know, and Bay said he told them, hey, we played you guys. When you guys play hard, you guys are tough. You guys can win. He said, "We've played against you. You forget." And he mm-hmm. said, "It's not that you need major overhauls." He said, "It's the details. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's calling out of coverage on defense, and you know, it's talking on defense. Mm-hmm. It's knowing your, you know, it's the it's the details you guys don't have." And so then after that, you know, obviously Luke makes the change in the lineup, and things start to roll. But they. I think what it was was they just needed someone to tell them, hey, it's all right. You know, you guys aren't as bad as you think. You know, you know, and, and Bays was saying back then, hey, we still got a lot of basketball to play. A lot can happen from January to April. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the that's one of the things that really um jumps out to me. You know, hearing what they talk about after these games and everything like that. Jason, it doesn't matter if I think they can make the playoffs or not. It doesn't matter if you think they can make the playoffs or not or anybody else out there. The thing that's most important is they believe that they can make a run. You know what I mean? Like they really believe. You you talk to them a lot, you know, in these in this in this last 12 games and especially in the last couple of weeks. They really believe. They know it's a daunting task, but they believe like, yo, we, we're still here. Like we can do something. And like you said, coming off of that Detroit game, I mean, I didn't – it felt like that team, you know, they like you said, they had been beaten down by everything that had gone on up until that point. And, you know, th- there was no way in, in hell that they felt they could make any type of run to do anything. And they have guys like Baysmore come in there and, and tell them, like, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. And then not only say it, but, you know, for Baysmore at least, to come out there and produce. He's been playing really well. Really well off the bench, defensively running the floor, um, and and actually you know putting in putting putting in buckets the last few games. I, I've been a big fan of Baysmore since Golden State. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? There's just something about him that I've really liked. Uh, kind of like how the Kings are with Jabari Parker. Been trying to get him for years. I've been trying to get Baysmore in Sacramento. You know, telepathically for years. And uh, yeah, I like what I see, and, and hopefully. Um, I think looking forward, that's a guy that uh, you want to keep around if you can. I I think that that should be in their plans to try and keep Baysmore around here. Yeah, I got no problem with that. And just think that you need some guys like that. It reminds me what Garrett Temple was for him. Just a guy who's solid and can communicate to the guys what needs to be done. Doesn't have an ego. He's been around the league. He knows what winning looks like. He knows what, what you know the things that winners do, and you know he can just, just kind of kind of keep instilling that in the guys because in this group that they have that they're so invested in, with between De'Aaron, Marvin, Buddy, Bogey, none of those guys have been in the playoffs in the NBA ever. I know we talk about you no know, Bogey and his overseas experience, but still. That's still not the NBA. He's still not. They've never done it here. So you need some guys who have done it. And well, Harry, you know, so you 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 have Bays. You add Harris and you know Barnes to that. Guys who know what it takes. I don't know if you remember in Media Day, everyone's talking about is it playoffs or bust. And all the young guys are like, oh yeah, if we don't get to the playoffs, it's a bad season. You ask ask Harrison and Trevor about the playoffs. Their <laughs> facial expression was completely different. <laughs> Because they know, they know what the team is and what it takes to get there, and they're like, you know, hey, you know, take a lot of work, right. because you, you don't walk onto the court with an overwhelming talent advantage. Right. You don't have that, that you know, that you know that generational guy who you say, you know what, we're, all those fails, he'll save us. Mm-hmm. So it, it was going to take a lot of work, and I think Bays has been good for him, and just his energy has been great for him. His uh, defense is, you know, I think what, maybe how Vlade put it. It's like you got what he, he gives you what Trevor gave you, but he's younger and he's right. more ener- and he's more energetic. Mm-hmm. And this team needed, for whatever reason, this team needed a boost of energy. So between Bays, Bays and Harry have given them a, a, a boost of life they've lacked. Right. You know, then Buddy already had that, but he was the only one. 
you know, in the, in the yeah. starting group. Because even uh, even De'Aaron will tell you he's not an overly emotional guy on the court. Yeah. So you needed someone to inject some energy. Then Alex Lynn showed up on Saturday. And show he was with the shits, you know. He's yeah. like, okay, you know, hey. I, yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask you about that about Alex Lynn. It just his Alex Lynn was out there like, yo, I'm here, I'm here. What you what you no, want, you, Montrez? What's up? What's you, up? Hey, I ain't gonna get pushed around by a six foot six center. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> I mean, and and the, and the thing is, my thing has always been your toughest guys can't be the small guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for year, even last season, their toughest guy was Shump. Yeah, yeah. You know, we said we you, said it before. A bunch of nice, really nice guys, and I'm not saying I mean, Alex Lynn and Bazemore aren't nice, but they got they. From what I've seen so far, like you said, they're not going to be pushed around. Period. It's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, and for years, the mo against the Kings has always been talk to other teams, just get physical with them. They'll fold. You know, they hmm. don't want you to grab them and rough them up. They'll fold. Yeah. And so you you need some guys. Like, you know, you need a guy that can say, you know what, hey. Okay, Trez, you ain't, we ain't going. That ain't happening today. Right. Shit, that, Trez, gets, Trez did that know. all last year. <laughs> Trez literally did that. Oh. All, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna punk all y'all. I'm gonna punk all y'all. I'm, yeah, I thought Trez was going to the Hall of Fame against watching the Kings. <laughs> I was like, man. I was like, what has the NBA missed on this dude? He's amazing. <laughs> right. he, and he then you watch to... the game. He ain't doing nothing but putting his head down and moving guys out the way. It's like. Right. This ain't Shaq moving people. Yeah. This is, yo, know, and that's not a knock on Trez, but I mean, Trez looked like, you know, Joel and B, Shaq and all them <laughs> guys, you know, like, you know, I said, if you, my joke was he was a free agent, the Kings would sign him just because, you know, he, he looked good against. <laughs> right. We talk about him. guys that kill the Kings. Oh my, they'd give him a max contract, you know, for like, everything they'd seen from him. They have a press release. He's averaged 25 and 12 against <laughs> us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Alex Lynn wasn't having that. I I liked what I saw from Alex Lynn. I I really did, and he's a he's a guy that um, I saw a little bit of because uh, you guys know I'm a Michigan fan. So seeing him at Maryland, I was intrigued by him. Um, he got into the league, and I never thought he was like great or nothing like that. But I was like, well, why why hasn't he got more of a a chance? Why isn't he playing a little better than he was? I guess he had some injuries and stuff like that. But and he was a Phoenix son. Yeah, that's true too. That is that is true. I mean, that is uh, Sacramento I, South in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I yo, I I think um, getting drafted by the Suns, that was just like going to purgatory to start their career. I mean, <laughs> right? I right. mean, Marquise, you know, Marquise, Chris, uh, Alex, was, Lynn, and, and who knows? Maybe they can't play, but you know, Dragon Bender, yeah, all these guys they drafted, Josh Jackson. Oof. Oh, they, they've missed a lot, and they've been I high mean, in the draft. And they've missed a lot. You know, yeah, you know, maybe they hit. You know, and Booker wasn't even the highest of the guys they picked. Right. He was later in the first round at that. Yeah, I think that year they had like two yeah, dra- the, two picks yeah. or some two first round yeah. picks. He was the second yeah, the, one. Yeah, the Kings passed on Booker. Mm, damn it! Let the list stop. goes on. The Let list goes I, on. I already got hate on Twitter. One time, Jimmer for Death's brother got mad at me about. That. <laughs> Because every time they, I was like, here's your reminder the Kings could have drafted Clay Thompson. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you, oh, so you're so smart. I'm like, I know I would have taken Clay and not Jimmer. I'm like, I would have taken the, the shooting guard who was six six at the window was six feet tall. Right. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to Jimmer, yeah. though. He, he's he's still a lot of fun in the basketball tournament. I like watching Oh, man. Jimmer. I think Jimmer would be great in today's NBA. I'm surprised he hasn't stuck. Like, he's been picked up and cut and all this other stuff. I... I'm a believer. I don't know. I think there's a place for Jimmer in this league. And obviously the GM say no because he gets picked up and cut and all this other stuff. And but. part of it is for Jimmer too is he getting so much he getting so much money overseas. Man. He can go over there and make three million dollars or whatever he makes, play all he wants, score seventy points, or come to the league, sit at the end of the bench and like, you know, say sit on the end of the Laker bench and hope that he gets in to be a shooter. Right. He he gonna he could be a Marbury uh, level legend over in uh, China. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. What numbers yeah. he put? I still, I, the way he can shoot, I still think he could. He could. There could be a spot in him in the league somewhere. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Bring Jimmer back to sack. Let's go! Yo, <laughs> nobody nobody's wearing number seven, right? Give Jimmer his number back. Isn't Kyle Guy number seven? 
Well, yeah, he I don't know. Way, though, so, I mean, maybe Jimmer yeah, can know. buy the number off of him. Oh, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta gotta buy it off of him, like you said. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that'd be that'd be so sad. Jimmerford did having to buy it from Kyle. <laughs> that would be well, one of the more epic moments. Well, before we we get off the Kings, and uh, we want to talk about Kobe uh, before we get out of here. Before we get off him, big week, Jason. I know, I know, it's a pipe dream, okay? But this is a if, big if on pipe, week. You know, pause. Can we say pause? I'm gonna say pause though. I, I meant like a, I meant like a pipe to smoke. Now calm down. Calm down. Put your mind out the gutter. You know this is not this is not J.R. Smith's throne room breakdown. You know, ain't ain't no one offering nobody the pipe. It's still just one of the greatest JR DM, That is still one of the greatest DM replies ever. You trying to get the pipe? I was like, they had a shirt. Like I need that shirt. If anyone out there has it. Has the connect on getting that? She's oh, trying to get, trying to get the pie. I will wear that shirt, and hang out with my girl. My girl thinks I'm disgusting. That bar anyway, swish. that she's boy like, so, swish, man. She's like, I'm so immature. She's like, you're so immature. I'm like, you're damn right, I'm immature. This shirt is hilarious. Yeah, oh, different man. podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah d- different podcasts, different podcasts out here. But I, this is a, a a big week. You got Golden State. You got Oklahoma City. You got a Memphis game that you have to win, and. You combine that. You already won the Clippers game. I said on uh, on the Sports Sunday show, you know, on Sunday, March first, come back to the uh, again, come back home against Detroit. Very real possibility if you take care of business, you're two games out of the A spot. Because Memphis is, I said it before, I'll say it again. They're done. They're looking at, damn, Memphis lost seven of their last eight. Like that's what they're looking at right now. They're finished. All right, so you got an opportunity. The window's kind of cracked. Like you gotta, you know, finagle your body a little bit, you know, to 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 get through there. But it's open. It's cracked. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Tomorrow, and, Memphis and, is at Houston tomorrow. And then they got the Lakers on Friday, and then, and then if the Kings win the game, that that game that would be, I think, five losses in a row for them, or six losses mm-hmm. in a row. They're finished. They're done. They're cooked. So this is your shot. You got you to gotta take care of business this week in a, in a major way. Maybe you can lose one game, and it has to be like the Oklahoma City game. Can't lose the Warriors game. Can't lose the Memphis game. But yeah. an opportunity, Jason. An opportunity. That's all I'm asking for it's right all, now at the end you, of February. That's all you can ask for now with Opportunity. That's all you can ask for, you know. Yeah. You know, all you want is a shot. So they, they got a shot. Yeah. They we'll definitely got a shot. We'll, we'll see, you know, you know. But every time – you know, I don't know how to describe it. They like they they get you so close, and then oh. As a Kings fan, this Warriors game tonight is like seventy-five times more nerve-wracking than it probably should be. Because you, you yeah, just look yeah. at it, and you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're like, you know what's gonna like. There's no way that they're gonna let this happen again. But watch them let it happen again. Marquise <laughs> Chris revenge against Sacramento. <laughs> You didn't take me. And my, I told you my favorite player was Rudy Gay, and you had Rudy Gay. You didn't draft me. Watch you. You're going to get this 30 spot right here. Because remember oh, a few man. years ago, they were talking about it was going to be Marquise Chris and Scal of BCA. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that was, was the matchup. That was going to be the matchup for years to come. Oh, see how that shit worked out. Oh, man. That, yeah, that, that, that did not come to fruition. Yeah, I would say yeah, in the yeah, least. Yeah, did yeah, not come yeah. to fruition. Yeah, it's going to be a big week for them. I'm, I just want to see how they compete, where they are mentally. You know, are they locked in? You know, and you got, you got the Warriors. You know, OKC is a winnable game. I mean, it's, they beat yeah. them once. But you got to start winning road games. Mm-hmm. You got mm. one against the Clippers, you know, but you got to win road games. So even if you split between OKC and Memphis, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, lose twice this week. Right. And I don't, I don't want to be like, uh, <laughs> there's another Reggie Miller reference where he's like, Buddy Hield has to make this three, then Buddy misses it and then he goes and then on he still- to win the whole <laughs> thing. Right. So I don't, I don't want to be in that boat, but I feel like of those two games, you cannot lose the Memphis game. Like, you gotta win the Memphis game. You, you got, this is the situation you're in because of you. losing 15 out of 18 or starting 0 and 5. Like you're in positions where there's games that you just cannot lose. You yeah. gotta win the Memphis game because gotta, you took you a, a nap against the Charlotte Hornets because you uh, let the Knicks punk you at home. Yes, you know yes. because you blew big lead. You know this is this is where you are now. So yeah. 
Make the so, best of it. Big win, big week coming up for the for the Kings. Before we get out of here, um, I just wanted to touch on on the Kobe Memorial at Staples Center um, yesterday, uh, just because I thought it was. I mean, that's a, a, a tragically, you know, an all time NBA moment. Uh, I thought that. I mean. Everybody was out. Michael Jordan was out and spoke. Michael don't speak that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, Michael don't get up and, and, and talk like that, you know, on every occasion. And, and he was there. And, you know, it was, it was emotional when, you know, he helped Vanessa off the stage. And, you know, for him to go up there and talk and cry and make a new meme like he joked about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shaq was there. It, it was it was sad. It was very tough to watch, but um, yeah, I, like I, I said, shed, I thought it was a moment in NBA history. I shed more than my share of tears yesterday watching that, just because it just brought. It's kind of like Jimmy Kimmel said: when you're in LA, you can't get away from it. You know, mm-hmm. his face is literally everywhere now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. his number is jersey. You know, it's everywhere, and to, to me, to see so many people. Like I said, I've had this debate with people for years who who kind of believe based on the early Kobe years that people in the league didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And I think between his retirement tour and then you see this, the outpouring of love and how many people were hurt by this, yeah. it was clear how much Kobe meant to the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think, I, I don't even think people, people talking about like Kobe's kids, essentially all these guys he had been tutoring and mentoring all these years. I mean, mm-hmm. watch Kawhi Leonard. T- tell me he, tell me who he's been around. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Studied the hell out of Kobe. Yeah, watch you know Kawhi I mean? Leonard. You know, watch some of these guys, you know, whether you're in, shooting Sacramento. You got two guys who both, who who each wear one of Kobe's numbers. Mm-hmm. And Bogey said that uh, when he was playing in Serbia, when he plays over for in Serbia, he was wearing 13 and he was mad until he found out Kobe was the 13th pick in the draft. <laughs> he said I wear he said that became the reason why he wore 13 because mm. he's like you know because Kobe you know the, you know because Kobe was 13th pick in the draft so I mean the, the man's impact you, you know and I think part of it is generational I think a lot of us I'm 41 people mm. of a certain age won't let go of Mike right. and I understand it same way growing up in LA I couldn't let go of Magic mm-hmm you know, for you, I was like, no, Magic is the greatest Laker ever. And I was, and I told someone by the end of Kobe, and, I, and it wasn't popular with some of my friends. I said, no, Kobe's the greatest Laker ever. Right. And right. I said, to me, it's no debate. They're like, well, you know, I said, uh, they, I, I said, you, I, I break the tie like this with Magic. I said, was Magic a better teammate? Yeah. Okay. Magic is arguably the best leader, not just in basketball, maybe in sports. Right. I said, I said, he won five titles. With two completely different sets of tent players, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean that that second run of back to back was nothing like the first run, right? Yeah. And people, yeah, I mean, I, a completely different set group. And in that group, he had to. I think his I think his leadership and clutch stuff was underrated in the first run. People mm-hmm. forget how many games he closed them. Ask remember that the famous Indiana game that was yeah. crazy. He told Shaq, "I got you. Don't worry." But that remember that that 2001 series against the Kings. It wasn't Shaq. It was Kobe who closed them out. Yeah, you know there and, was the game. In 01, had, uh, the San Antonio game. Uh, the the one where Shaq, the, the one where Shaq was hurt. Yeah, he killed San Antonio in those uh, in both of those first two games in San Antonio. Like yeah. Kobe was a monster. He was and a I, monster. And he was and like I, what 21. Yeah, and I always told people I thought when Kobe was done playing, you would look back and appreciate his career way more than you know. Because I mean, you know, somebody putting it, he came, he came out, he was basically the first social media guy, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of the, the, the era. So right. I mean, the hate on him or the love was going to be more dramatic because of you know the, the time. I mean, imagine if there was social media when Jordan was playing back. Yeah. Say there was Twitter back in eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety. Oh, they would have right. been brutal on Mike. Mike got all them <laughs> points. He can't beat Isaiah. He can't right. beat Isaiah. He and can't beat Larry Bird. You know, it would have been If he brutal. spent as much uh, time in the in the gym as he does in Atlantic City, maybe they would. <laughs> if he wasn't concerned beat about his guy. new fancy shoes, maybe he'd have a championship <laughs> by now. Right. You know, so, I mean, I, I just thought it was, a you know, a beautiful tribute. I mean, I was happy to see his parents were there. People are mm-hmm. making a deal of where they honored or acknowledged or... 
I don't, I mean, we ain't in them people's home. We don't know, they, you know, that was the public memorial. We don't know what right. was done at the private cer- ceremony. We don't know if maybe the parents didn't want that attention. We and quite know. frankly, Jason, that's none of our business. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people, yeah, people think, like, yeah, they yeah. could talk about that. That ain't none of your business. Yeah, you know and I mean, mean, and I think what we learned, too, is that there was a lot of stuff Kobe did keep private. Mm-hmm. You know, people, I, I always knew he and Mike were tight. I didn't know they were tight like that. Right, texting and calling each other on a regular basis, just Yo, out of the blue. I yeah, didn't know. I didn't either. know. I didn't know they were tight like that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there was a lot we learned about. I mean, he taught the he taught kids the triangle offense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got these kids out there running the triangle. So, That's funny. So I that mean, there's funny. a lot. You know. Funny. You know the uh, the whole idea of him calling Gino Ariema like, "Hey, what type of drills do you run?" How old are they? They're 12. Well, Kobe, <laughs> just tell them to stay in front of the, the player. No, 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 no. I need to know. <laughs> what you know, and just seeing all that. And I think I remember, I remember last year, the whole post about they thought Kobe was being hard on the girls because he said the one girl missed the game. Mm-hmm. And they they missed the point of the post. The post was that look how much better they are from last year to this year. Right. You know. Right. You know. I. You know. But I think it was good that people got to know know that part of him. I mean, being around the league, I'd heard all that stuff about Kobe. You know, and but to see to see, to see the love and to see the stats thing, it was it was you know it was touching. I mean, just on a, another note. That's enough. I don't want to see any more funerals at Staples anytime soon. I mean, Hell Nip, no, man. I don't, I don't, Nip and Kobe, like, yeah, they, I, don't, they, I, don't, I need them to be dumb for a while, for a long I'm while. A, I'm out of tears. I'm out of tears. I think. I, I mean, I thought I was out of tears before yesterday. Then I mean, Beyonce starts singing. I'm like, oh god, here it comes. Again. Then Vanessa talked too. Oh yeah, man. Then you know, you just see, you know, then then I was cool. Then I saw Mike. I said, damn, Mike is hurt. Oh, and then man. you know, and then see Shaq, you know that story about there's no I in team, but there's <laughs> <for> me. <laughs> and I could just imagine Kobe at 20 years old telling him that. Yeah, you know. yeah. So, yeah, so shout out to Kobe, man. Like I said, uh, we've said numerous times, man. He going one of those guys that lives forever, man. Definitely. Next, lives forever, next stop for Kobe is the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, baby. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So. We we have totally exhausted, um, you know, our time. Kings playoff push, playoff preview here. You know, on throwing hey, break. All right, all right, now, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna relax. It wasn't a playoff preview. It was a, it was a playoff. <laughs> it was a playoff chit chat. It was a playoff discussion. You know, there was some a playoff some, TED talk here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was some insinuating about the playoffs, but no, you know, we're not a playoff preview. Even though I do believe the athletic has up today a preview of. The six teams that could play the Lakers in the first round, and I believe, and I believe, I want to say the Kings are in that. I haven't read the article yet. Let's go. Yeah. So I mean, (laughs) hey, it could happen. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not as big of a hater as some of y'all think. It could happen. I just don't think it will. Yeah. One game at a time. Golden State tonight. Let's do that. One game at a time. Golden State tonight. Let's see what happens. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Next week we will we will have a very clear view, I think, of what's going on when we talk next week. Either either Kenny will be very excited or he'll be very disgusted with this team. Hopefully not the latter, because th- yeah, hopefully not the latter. Let's... We'll find out starting tonight because if they take an L tonight, I, you know, I'm not <laughs> even going to check my Twitter if they take. I'm an L not tonight. even looking at King's Twitter if they take an L tonight. It's going to be all you know. It's going to be the world's over. Fire Luke. Fire Vlade. Fire the ownership group. Fire me. The Warriors are doing the rebuild right. Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, it'd be like, why don't we have Luca? Would have never lost this game. <laughs> oh man good yeah. times good times all right y'all y'all be all good right. out there you know we gonna you know we'll be back oh i think i got a couple of uh post 82s this week so yeah, i'll yeah. be around no doubt i'll be around uh next week y'all all right holla at me man all right we out all right.